Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Thank you, Mickey Dolans. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be an exciting episode of Inspirado Projecto. We've got some great call-ins, a lot of epiphanies, a lot of very interesting talk concerning AIs. Uh, we've got Blythe Baines, musician, showing up to say hi. We've got a fun fact by Henry D. Horace. Who else makes a guest appearance? Uh, Man Behind the Machine. Um, even Gary Busey calls up. And uh, someone, a very curious person from the Varels Society. So, um, so keep keep your keep your ears peeled. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very intriguing. What do you thought about deep fakes in Hollywood? Is the technology moving way ahead of us? Where we can't control it, and then it's used for other types of purposes, for different messaging, signaling, manipulating minds versus entertainment. Well, man behind the machine, that is really interesting you talk about that. Um, because we're seeing more and more, <clears throat> like you talk about the deep fakes, I think I talked about before where... I saw footage of, you know, there was talks that Tom Selleck was going to, was going to audition for the part of Indiana Jones, but it ended up going to Harrison Ford because uh, Tom Selleck had to do Magnum P.I. Now, uh, some, some one of these extraordinary YouTubers out there, they're always doing this, man. They're always fixing, they're always fixing the deep fake version of what they see in a movie, and you're like, what the heck? That's crazy. And they'll go scene by scene, and you're going, oh, my God, this guy really made that guy look like a young Robert De Niro. Um but it's, but it's really interesting because they did one of those things with Tom Selleck in the scenes with Indiana Jones. And it was like really, really bizarre, really interesting to see this because now you're like, wow, imagine all those, imagine all those actors who wanted to be in those roles. And they, they put, and then they'll be able to put themselves into it. Like what if there'll be some AI stuff will be, that'll be able to, let's say someone who wanted to do a uh, Raging Bull or um, there's a really good guy who did this stuff from Shining. He did a really good job. And so imagine if they're able to erase Jack Nicholson and then they just put him in there, you know, put someone in there who wants to be that part. The question then, though, is will they use the same dialogue? Will they just put the guy's face on the body of Jack Nicholson? You know, it, it, it could get really deep with this stuff. And software is being able to map that stuff fast, you know, faster and faster and more efficiently. I mean, gosh, there are just apps all, all over the place, like on uh, Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram that enable such crazy, crazy things you never would thought would be possible. You know, turning you into a, a dragon face or a cat face or what have you. So it's just absolutely astounding. And, uh, gosh, I mean, they could, they could totally do an Andy Kaufman movie. I mean, what if you were to hire a bunch of lookalikes in a movie? Actually, this is a side project I'd like to do. I'd like to do a movie where you just hire only, um, just a bunch of lookalikes. <laughs> and you get, you give them small parts, you know, you just give them small parts. And, um, so you're just like, what the heck was this person in there? Was this person in there? And so it just becomes this like celebrity-a-thon 
of like you know your wish list of like going, dude, what if what if uh, yeah, I don't know, Buck Rogers and uh, what if what if uh, Gil Gerard and and Lee Majors would have been in a movie together? Well, now it's deep fake technology. Let's say you get someone who kind of they they got similar body types as as that. They kind of look like them. You get them into a movie. And then someone deep fakes their face to look like those faces, and now you got a mo- you got a movie that looks like these guys. Wasn't there some talk like that where Do- George Lucas was going to do that, where he was going to put John Wayne and some other folk? You were you actually had talked about there was some John Wayne footage, which I actually could not could not find. However, I remember hearing like through through the hinterlands, um, you reminded me of that because I remember hearing about how George Lucas wanted to do something with with John Wayne and uh, make footage like that. So I I mean it's just it it's a very there's so many possibilities now, you know, and especially with like movies that that those actors were already in with just uh, it just ended, ended up on the editing room floor. I mean, imagine if you send all that in through an AI and then the AI knows how to go and map that person's body from any position, from any camera angle. And all of a sudden they, they put they put that in a movie. So now we can have Marilyn Monroe in movies. We can have. You know, we can see some of those great team-ups that we always wanted to see. We can have that James Dean and Marilyn Monroe team-up that uh, people have wanted to see for eons or different uh, actors that you've wanted to see as different um, characters. Like, imagine imagine if Adam West was... Because I think he looked like a James Bond. He could have been a James Bond back in the day. Imagine you have a James Bond film, but it's Adam West in there. Oh, man. It's crazy. You know, I guess I just have to put out the intention that... AI is going to run in directions that are good and helpful and uh, friendly, you know, friendly. Here's your fun fact. The nose prints of both dogs and cats are unique, ridged in a pattern just like fingerprints of humans. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. Why, thank you. That was Henry D. Horse always calling in with an extraordinary fun fact. Do any of you have pets at home, cats or dogs? Do you ever uh, record them eating their food or purring or talking? If you have any talking animals, call into the hotline, 561-203-9179, or call into the voicemail. 561-203-9179 or if you feel more comfortable uh, emailing me an mp3 I would love to hear your animals talking I would love to um, uh, hear them eating snoring uh, anything anything Um, animals are, are such extraordinary companions we have a couple animals here uh, God bless him, little Doctor Gonzo uh, crossed over into the great into the great unknown. Um, but we got Oliver and Marky here, my sister's cats, and they are just the best. And so, if you have any animal or heck an animal story, animal joke, you can call the hotline five six one two zero three nine one seven nine or, or you can email email it to inspiratoprojecto at gmail dot com. Uh, real quick, we got a, a very interesting call here from a man behind the machine. Uh, check this out. Yeah, Mr. Z was just saying how Hollywood and all these elites usually get all the toys first, and 007 gets all the toys. So, why do they get all the toys, the deep fakes, the AI, 
you know, the flip phones with Star Trek and all that. Why does it get to them first and not us? Man behind the machine, what a great question. I think, I think there's that feeling. I'm just imagining, like, these companies that, um, you know, it is funny, like, once a celebrity reaches a certain part where they don't have to, they don't, they don't have, like, they can buy anything they want at any time. All of a sudden, they're, be, they're being given free stuff for, you know, whether it's bragging rights or there's some sort of ego attachment involved or just pure payment or um, those ideas of, like, um, going, you know, please, please, uh, Mercedes-Benz giving, you know, Brad Pitt uh, uh, one of their brand-new cars that no one has yet, going, here, here, we want you to have this, we want you to have this. So then Brad Pitt is seen driving around in this thing, and then people are like, whoa, look at that. You know, I want one of those one of those cars that he has and it's interesting how symbols work so the symbol of whatever Brad Pitt symbolizes whether people had a great time watching him in uh, 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 once upon a time in Hollywood and they go oh man he was so great in that or they go oh well you know he was awesome in uh, uh, um, oh gosh what was that the Malkovich uh, Coen Brothers movie that was so good um, oh gosh burn, burn burn after reading or something after reading um but so so you know he 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 symbolizes certain things and so you're like okay cool he's in that bmw i gotta be a, get a bmw too um because maybe they're thinking that oh we'll see that brad pitt's in that and wow that's cool and you know maybe if they see that i'm in it i can get i can have some of that second second hand coolness you know i can get some of that uh, that's why so you, you have these celebrities wearing these things and they have all this brand new state-of-the-art stuff. They're out there in the clubs. They're out there being seen by people. And then, you know, whether it's like, oh, look at I have, don't you wish you had it too type of thing. Now that now that, now that it becomes sort of like, oh, well, you know, this person has one of those things. I want to get one too. This is a rare thing. I want to be able to get one. And uh, it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, they get all the latest, all the latest stuff. I when I think of my my future billionaire self, the one who just has you know all kinds of companies in all kinds of directions, you know all all kinds of all kinds of money, and he's just like, what am I going to do with my money? I can think of a whole bunch of really fun things to companies and stuff that could sprout up with that, and I just think like, oh my gosh, you know, like holy cow, like if I was one of those when I'm one of those people that. I don't want to say celebrity, not famous even, but just, just, you know, billions where I can help out my friend's family and create the things I want to create, the theme parks I want to create, create all the tons, tons of stuff. Even the universe agrees. That's why it's going, it's like a high five. (laughs) Serendipity. Serendipity is strong with with this one. The serendipity is strong with this one. See, I think that's part of the reason why. People uh, have gifted you, however, man behind the machine, if I'm not mistaken. They've gifted you AI recording software. So look at that. You're getting some of the latest and greatest. You're a celebrity. (laughs) You have become your own monster. It's 12.38 p.m. Today is the 18th. I was just thinking about the idea of what it takes for a person to believe another person's story or what it takes in order for us to take someone's word at f- at face value do we have to have a rapport with that person um 
Do they have to be regarded as a trustworthy news site? Um, do they have all of their information fact-checked by anonymous fact-checkers? What are, what are the elements that make someone decide to co-sign on to an idea or an experience? So, for instance, um, I was just thinking, I've, I've been watching these interviews with Billy Woodard, Billy Faye Woodard, and he um, he's from the town of Telos uh, in Agartha, which is many, many, many levels below Mount Shasta. That's where the uh, Telosians, Agarthans, Lemurians, Atlanteans. It's said that the Lemurians and Atlanteans, they went to the center of the earth. There's always been this theory of the hollow earth. It's also fascinating to me. So this guy, Billy Woodard, said that um, his he was given up basically for adoption at a very young age. Um, you know, they, they took him to the surface. And so he grew up and he, and he got to a certain age where he was in the military and helping out and uh, at Area 51. And they took him down this... Um, they said you were sent for by Adama. Well, Adama is the the head of Telos. He's like the, the main dude. He's like in charge of the whole place. And his daughter, who her surface dwelling name is uh, Bonnie. Bonnie has some uh, audio out there, which I can share on here. Um, but I've been putting up TikTok interviews with this guy. Billy Woodard and then someone in one of the content uh comments said that they met him he actually let let her wear his crown um another uh another person said that the movie Escape to Witch Mountain was based on Billy and his sister so basically Billy and his sister were taken out of the um the depths and were raised by um, you know, a family. And so years later, I guess Adama had called for him and th- through the military, and the military took him down through an entrance through Area 51. And that's how he got there. And uh, there's this like really fast sort of train that goes all the way across. So, um, so he met with Adama. I guess he was down there for like, 11 years or something. He's down there for 11 years. Learning, learning about all these customs, learning about all this stuff. And, uh, and then eventually they let him come back up to the surface. And he had this whole story. And so you see this guy. and Anybody could look at this guy and go, oh my God, what a whack job. He doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. However, let's just play with the idea that he does come from the center of the earth. Of the earth. Let's just play with the idea that he has come across these things. What would it take in order for people to believe what he's saying? Now, I, I suppose the main, most, the most main thing would be evidence. What could evidence be? Is it only something that is seen? Is it something that is only heard, like on an audio recording? Or told through someone's story, as we've seen, we've people have been put in, in jail decades later because they end up finding out that, you know, this person here was, um, 
the, the, uh, uh, like, you know, what's his name? Not Epstein, Weinstein. Weinstein, you know, these stories from long ago, they come back. So there's no evidence there. There's no, that's just a story. It's a story. But it takes a certain amount of people to, to say, oh yeah, no, that's true. I've had some more things with me. Boom, 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 put that guy away. So could we then, using that rationale, could we have some Telosians? How many Telosians does it take before we believe their story? If you only have one, is it harder to take that story at face value? For instance, the astronauts. A lot of these astronauts are now coming to say that they saw bases up on the moon or that there are these, uh, like Buzz Aldrin has talked about these, these bases that are up on Mars. Um, are we going to believe him? Are we going to shine some more light on that? Or are we going to say, oh, what a senile old man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, but you do believe him when he talks about the moon, walking on a moon, but you don't believe the part that there's something up on the moon? You believe the fact that he was able to fly a rocket ship that high and then land perfectly and then be able to get off and bounce around? and You believe that that happened, but you don't believe that there might have been something up there on the moon that he just didn't tell us a story of back then. So this guy, Billy, is he truly from Telos? Did he truly spend time, 11 years down in, the, in, in there? He's a military guy. So are we not going to believe a military guy, or are we going to believe the military guy the most? If he had a buzz cut and he, was, uh, and he didn't look like a hippie, he didn't look like a cosplayer, if he was, had a buzz cut and he was in his uniform... What then? Then he's wearing the camouflage of some respectable citizen. What if, what if you hung some, some plaques on the wall behind him? Some awards, you print up some awards, some certificates of honor, hang those up on the wall behind him. Will he then have expertise in what he's saying? How can we truly, you know, even trust a doctor? A doctor could be making something up off the top of his head. He might charge a patient for some fluid or fee or something that just was not used or that doesn't even exist. It's like those guys at the auto body shop. My brother, he grew up with, we grew up with guys who did stuff like that, who owned body shops. They would, they would, they would charge for just unexpected things or make their own definitions up and charge another, you know, $1.25 something or other tax or fee or whatever, what have you. Um, so it's like, how do we know that that's not happening with, let's say, a doctor, a scientist, uh, any one of these people who might have had even a slight history, even a slight bit, bit of mischievousity in their, in their bones. Because if they're mischievous once, they're mischievous more than once. That stuff doesn't go away. You find ways of being able to uh, indulge in your mischievousity as you get older. You do, because you, you want to be a kid again, and then there are the, these regrets, and then that sets in. You're like, well, yeah, fine. Screw the man, you know. Screw this. Forget this corporate crap. You know, that's where you get these whistleblowers from. Anyway, let's say this guy, Billy, is from Telos. Let's say he's from the center of the earth. What makes us immediately look at him and go, no, you're wrong? But we listen to Alan Watts talk. Have you seen videos of him? We love Alan Watts. He's all over TikTok now more than ever. Everyone's quoting Alan Watts. Everyone's quoting him. Uh... And have you seen videos of him? He's a hippie. When you hear his voice, he sounds like a guy who's like this. Hello there. This astute, 
astute Englishman talking in front of a crowd of other astute astute students and professors people with PhDs and doctorates <laughs> that means what they're saying is more valid because they're surrounded by, I mean take a look at some of these TED talks where these guys were like alright dude we made this program okay bro so like uh, we made this uh... you know and they're these total surfer dudes so what is evidence what really is evidence there's a guy, Mark Sims, who used to be uh, head of this atheist church. And uh, he, he did the CE5, Close Encounter of the Fifth Kind. He, he, did, he went out on one of those. And you can download the app, by the way. Dr. Richard Greer um, downloaded these or uh, made, a, made an app for it. So you can actually do what he does. He takes groups of, you know, five or ten people out. And uh, they do these things called CE5s, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And they... They go out there and they use these tones and the special protocol, and they uh, call UFOs into into their midst. There's a whole documentary. So this inspired this guy uh, Mark Sims, and Mark Sims ended up doing the CE5. I think you, I think I told you the story before, but he was he, after the CE5. He was staying in a hotel and he decided to do it by himself. He was there in his hotel room and he was visited by this entity called Tejbar, and. Uh, it stayed with him for like 13 days, like communion, he called it, and taught him all this stuff, gave him all these, you know, inspiration to do what was called the harmonic convergence, which happened back in March, which which I documented in the podcasts every morning at 11 a.m. for 22 minutes. So to go 11 to uh, 1123. So starting at 11 a.m., 22 minutes, we do it. We go hugh. Oh, Great, great, great. Get you buzzing. And then at the end of each night, same thing. Um, 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, because they were in Ojai. And so uh, the idea was that we were trying to do what he called it, the CE6, which is Close Encounters of the Sixth Kind, which was bringing about you know, worldwide UFO sightings. And that's, that's what happened there. So are we to trust him or not trust him that he was visited and given information by an entity called Tejbar? There's no real actual evidence. So as a result of this, he had to go into his, he went into his um, atheist, you know, church or, or whatever you call it, sanctorium, and, and tell him, look, I gotta, I gotta give this up. You know, I, I believe in extraterrestrials now. And um, it was a big deal for him, but he, it was like, there are those times that it comes time in your in your in your life where you your identity is just does not matter. Your identity is, means nothing. You 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 then bring upon this all identity. I've been using the term all identity more. You're the all that is identity. And uh, it's just interesting. So this guy Billy Woodard, I've been putting his his stuff on. Uh, TikTok, getting some good responses about this guy. He's actually got a, a podcast that continues. Um, and uh, I listened to the most recent one. I couldn't believe it. I just happened to search for him. And of course, it, it was like, look at this. Today, this just happened. So my intuition is tuning in. I'm seeing so many more synchronicities. Things are happening where, I mean, I, I was watching these old electric company videos on TikTok, and I was going to send them off to Larry Lawrence, but I didn't. But he ended up sending me a mixtape or a, a uh, like on a band camp of his friend that just recently made this, like, 
this album um, called Electric Company. He called it Electric Company. And I'm like, oh my God. And then there's something where I said something about, I said something about water. And I was thinking about the, the, uh, the Bruce Lee quote, be like water. And he goes, no way. I was just looking at this on Twitter. And he took a screenshot and he sent it to me. And it was the exact same quote of Bruce Lee. What was the other thing I said to him? I said something to him like, uh, I said another word to him the other day. And he said, oh my God, I was just thinking of that. Let's see, I'm going to look through our... Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You know, it's so funny because it's like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. So I told him, I said, so, oh, I said, oh, Kafka stuff is public domain by now, by the way. So imagine if we did the trial movie and your triumphant return is Joseph K. We can make it real trippy. And he goes, dude, I was literally just talking about the trial. And I said, very surreal, of course you were. Ha, 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 you did it again. He goes, like a half hour ago, unbelievable. So when I mentioned Kafka to him, it was at 10.01 p.m., which is great. Look at that. That's a, that's a, a palindrome right there. Right in the middle there is infinity. It's infinity looking at itself. Two, two identities, two simple identities looking at the infinity between them. Wow, what a great symbol that is. So he said an hour ago he had he had done that. So nine oh one. Wow. So he said he was talking talking about it to to his uh, girlfriend. He was saying I was trying to explain to her Kafka. He goes, I have goosebumps, and I said, You beamed it. He goes, I can't believe it, and yet of course I can. And so then he wrote this new song. And um so we've been working on that. It's it's interesting the the way that things evolve out of just out of just, you know, talking about stuff. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here's the electric company thing. He said, music by Brad Laner. He also had a band called Medicine, which also had a song called Zelza. He said, I was looking up last night, and coincidentally, he just released the project I sent you. So it's funny. Okay, so Zelza is the name of the project that, that Lawrence and Beat Royalty, Chris, Chris Corman, those guys have been using to make a bunch of songs with, and they're, they're, they're really good. They're on the Black Pumpkin. Check out the Black Pumpkin soundtrack if you got iTunes. Uh, Spotify, too. I think it's on there, too. And plus TikTok. Got some really interesting, interesting songs that I've been using in my own TikToks uh, made by these guys. But Zelza is the band name that they came up with. So it's so funny that he just came across this brand new music from this guy Brad Laner who had a band called Medicine and they had a song called Zelza he was just looking him up last night and uh, it's just I mean it's just it's just it's just phenomenal because they, they was at you know that earlier earlier on that day I had, had been listening to uh I've been, uh, yeah, Electric Company. I was watching some TikTok Electric Companies. Let's see, let's see. I want to see if I could find this other synchronicity. Oh, my God. (coughs) Let's see, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, there's just a bunch of these really interesting things that have been just just evolving and, and packing up and it was just like 
just incredible, just, just purely astounding. So yeah, evidence. I mean, in terms of evidence, how do we how do we trust people? How do we what gives us what gives us that ability to trust them? Because they have, they've been to Harvard. Oh, okay, we can trust that guy. Why why do we automatically trust them? Well, we get this idea that apparently, okay, so Harvard apparently is a hard school to get into. You get about think about that. You're like, okay, so you got to be a sharp mind to be able to get in there because it's a hard school to get into. Yes. Then if they graduated, that means that they went through four years of really hard academic. You know, having to. Uh, cross the T's, dot the lowercase J's, and really be very analytical so you know that there's someone who really is truthful. Okay. Um, so that's that's the stamp of approval. It's funny, Meat Clown Industries, um, they did the catering for, for uh, Legend of Fall Creek, which, by the way, you can check out that trailer. It's online now. Legend of Fall Creek, um, Which, by the way, has Zelza songs in it. Zelda, there, there, yeah, there's some, I think there's a Zelza song in Legend of Fall Creek, and then there's also a Zelza song in Black Pumpkin. Um, I don't know if the soundtrack for Legend of Fall Creek will be released. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, check out bloodybobby.com, by the way. Check out that, um, Website that gives you some backstory on uh, the Legend of Fall Creek and also Black Pumpkin. It's going to be interesting to see how people receive Legend of Fall Creek because we actually did that before Black Pumpkin, but it's released second, February 9th. It's coming out, but they're just these like really interesting synchronicities that have been happening lately, and so it's like. Either way, we're trusting the story of someone. If we're not trustworthy, then we're suspicious of everything. If we're trustworthy, then we seem to be labeled gullible or able to trust out-of-this-world stuff. Chances are, I, th- I realize that it's the people who are able to accept, you know, the, quote, gullible people. Um, the people who are willing who who are willing to accept like the most strange and outlandish ideas and circumstances and stories that people tell them the reason why they're able to to be enthralled with those and trust those stories is because they you know they are the people that these kinds of things happen to they have experienced personally that kind of strange phenomenon it's the same thing as you know we could consider that as um we could, you could kids if you were to if you were to like use the metaphor of like someone's experience as let's say a song so an experience to one person that could represent the song uh let's say head like a hole so head like a hole it's got its own vibe it's got its own you know it's got its own melody it's got its own feel when someone else is listening to the head like a hole you're like okay we're both in that same vibe we're in that same We've we've swam in those same depths before. We've explored that terror tra. Like I'm not in a dirt bike riding. 
I don't know anything about dirt bikes, but I'm sure there are certain jokes that only dirt bike riders have. <laughs> you know, about gears and sprockets. Uh, you know, who knows? Chains. The intricacies of it are, are beyond my understanding. <laughs> but, but within that realm, there's a certain understanding of, of what that is. If someone goes, ah, the gearhead is busted. I had to use a 45 lug nutter to get that thing going. You know, it's like someone who, who knows that lingo is like, yep, yeah, oh, yeah, say no more. Say no more. Wink, wink, say no more. You know what they're talking about. Just like when you know, like... When people bring up uh, Alan Watts references, it kind of excites me. It excites me when I hear people talking in languages that are similar to things that I explore because then I start using other languages, other other areas of my explorations as, you know, it's like as examples in there to see if they'll catch those references or not. It's like, oh, wow, I think if they'd have explored that, maybe, you know, they would have a similar mind that would also appreciate that would be magnetized to this kind of thing. And it's cool when, when your intuition starts paying off. Something I was thinking about was that those people, like, so, okay, so for instance, on January, so those people that you vibe with, that you have synchronicities with, what I've noticed is, and I'm starting to look at this more and more, is the idea of soul tribe. Dolores Cannon talks about the soul tribes, the agreements that we make before we come down here, and um, and we have that we have that sense of amnesia, and we might not remember that we made these certain contracts or agreements with these souls before we came down here, and you know, and then you reconnect with each other, you re- reconnect with those aspects of yourself. And so what I've realized is that the people that you find yourself sharing a lot of synchronicities with, do, do some investigations. I've been noticing this just within my own experiences. Do some, do, do some, do some experimentations. Do some, do some tricks with yourself. See if synchronicities that involve you specifically will also, then tell, then tell one of those people the story of that synchronicity that happened to you and see if they, too, had a very similar synchronicity as that synchronicity that happened to you. So it's, it's an extra level of synchronicity, awareness, and excitement and appreciation. So I would say, the, uh, let's say one of the first levels would just be you say the same thing at the same time as this person. Or you're thinking about this uh, like we'll use the example of January 8th, which was simultaneously Elvis's birthday and also David Bowie's birthday and also simultaneously the day that he, uh, David Bowie released the album Black Star, which also I ended up finding out that Elvis had a song called Black Star. And, and of course, the, the, the theme of the song of Black Star by Elvis is very much metaphorical for the creation of the Black Star album that David Bowie did. So who knows? David only David Bowie and his creators will ever know how much you know he may or may not have been um, thinking about that at that time. So on that day, um, I talked about this particular synchronicity, and uh, I uploaded it. And then this woman, Dana, she goes by Glamma D. She's on Instagram and also TikTok. She's someone I've met through Yachtly Crew. 
she uh she said no way i had uh david bowie uh synchronicity too oh and then there was someone what was the other thing oh and then i i put something about a gladiator synchronicity that i had where i was reading in the dolores cannon book he was i was reading about a guy who had transformed moved into a life of a gladiator a little while after that i ended up turning on i'm db tv which i i've only tried watching once they got commercials on there and but somehow i stumbled across this thing called tales of tales of the unexplained i think it's called and rodal james the giant peach guy uh, and Willy Wonka did this show. Um, it's like an amazing stories type of show or like Twilight Zone or something. And there he was at the beginning of the show introducing each of these shows. So I turn it on and I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden it cuts to a commercial. And in that commercial are two gladiators fighting. And I thought, oh my gosh, interesting. So I put up that synchronicity on a TikTok and someone goes, no way, I had two, I had two gladiator synchronicities today too. And I thought, wow, this is great. This is by me calling attention to these on, on, a, on a grand scale. It's now magnetizing and, 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 and bringing out all those other people who also resonate with that and are willing to share their synchronicities. And now on the lookout for their own synchronicities because now that I'm writing these things down now, I'm doing Bashar's Transformative Shifting Cube more now, too. And, no, and as I'm writing these things down now more, um, I'm noticing them more now. And, um, and I'm able to put them on a TikTok, and all of a sudden that reverberates with these people. Oh my gosh. Just absolutely astounding. Absolutely astounding. Um, Rob Fronabarger contributed some audio to the last podcast of his son, Avery, talking about an out-of-body experience. Um, And he thought that he had gone into the life of Nikolai Tesla. So interesting. This is a nine-year-old kid, and he knows about Nikolai Tesla? So he had an out-of-body experience, and he saw Nikolai Tesla writing into a book. And so I included that on the last uh, podcast episode. And these things fascinate me because what's crazy is after I had recorded the piece and I uploaded it onto uh, the podcast, I checked. I've got this app called Slasher, and it's for horror film fans. You get horror film news on there, meet friends. I I promote the uh, Legend of Fall Creek and Black Pumpkin on there. And, you know, I'll get friend requests. I got a friend request from a guy named Rob Avery. Rob Avery. And now that I and it's interesting, I didn't realize the metaphor until now. He's a makeup effects artist. Makeup effects. I just realized like what an interesting theme that is cuz the Rob so Rob obviously is the guy who sent me the audio of his son Avery. And in a sense, Avery had an out-of-body experience and saw Nikolai Tesla. Well, that's sort of a makeup change, wouldn't you agree? That's like a a morphing. Just as a makeup artist morphs someone's face into a different face, this this child, maybe it was a past life of his. Uh, 
I'll record more of his stuff. See, stuff like that, it's like, okay, yeah, kid, but where's the evidence? It's like, you gotta... There are some really interesting... If you go on a YouTube, you can see some interesting, interesting kids on there talking about their, their out-of-body experiences and their past lives, too. There's a woman on TikTok who is recording her child. Who, her child is talking about their past life experiences. And I'm like, oh, yes, please keep asking them more. Keep asking them more, especially now that they're young. Or, or parents will catch their children going, goodbye, troll. Goodbye, goblin. Like saying goodbye to these. Or like there was one where a, uh, a guy was walking with his little son. And they're walking up to a mirror. And the son points at the mirror. And you see this, like this mist of sort of a face on the mirror of a little kid. So it was like his little son had seen this, this ghost in the mirror. Kids and animals. You know, the animals are, are, uh, they don't, they're, they're, they could care less whether we're telling them, you know, what to do or not. Basically the the only time that they, they, they're caring really is because they know there's, if you're, you know, (laughs) if you're, if you're, if you're teaching them something, they know that there's a treat waiting, waiting to be had. But, um, so you can't teach the sixth sense out of a cat or a dog who are always looking around, seeing something. You can teach it out of a child because you keep going, oh, what's, you just make that up in your brain. Oh, that's just not real. That's not real. So then the kid now has to like start forcing themselves to close that veil between an imagination that's just, that just would be right there in front of them, right there in front of them. And now going, okay, we have to say goodbye to you now. We have to say goodbye to you. That hologram is not real. Nikola Tesla, thank God, just kept exercising that muscle, that transmission in his brain, the blips on the antenna. So he had a constant flow of this sort of channeled energy, just open to it all the time. And as uh, I think I put in the last podcast, Tommy Bowie, a.k.a. Thomas Gardner Jr., is coming out with his uh, album. So starting February 1st, you'll be able to see the cover, my cover for his um, for his album. And uh, what I'll do is, if that song's on TikTok, what I'll do is I'll do a series of videos of zooming in to the picture. And so people can be like, holy cow, there's a there's a whole cross-hatched world going on in this photo. So that opened up a whole my brain huge just by drawing it just opened up this imagination. It's so interesting because it's like imagination one would say is not evidence. Yet imagination can still somehow in some way be captured in a cartoon animation um, a movie what have you book something you can actually kind of hold in your hand. But that's not the imagination. That thing in there is a representation where your imagination fills in the rest of the blanks. It's cool. It's a cooperative experience. You're both high-fiving each other. It's the purest form of yes and experience. 
Because if you're a passive viewer, you're just taking what's being given to you. You're not trying to f look at how bad the grammar is or whether the proof, whether the punctuation is good. You don't have to proofread anything. You don't have to match it up against any other novel. You don't have to try to, you know, make a dissertation about about it. Just, just you know, you just enjoy it. And that's a cooperative experience. You just enjoy it. You fill, you fill in the blanks that are not there rather than taking away what's there just fill in the fill in your own blanks um use the words as a blueprint you know so to speak so imagination really actually is a real thing it is it is evidence if escape from to which mountain is based on uh billy's uh or his his telos name is zariah z-a-r-y-a zariah that's based on a real that's you know that's based on his real experience to some degree um it's just fascinating are they going to let out of the mental institutions all the people who have been abducted and contacted by extraterrestrials all those people who said listen this is really what i saw this is what happened you know or i was there at roswell i saw this i saw the crash or the uh, or the guy that's on TikTok I'm going to be interviewing. He has tons of UFO experiences following him. His TikTok is just every day new UFOs following him. Orbs up in the sky. He seemed going to December and you know back into to, uh, Christmas and beyond. He said his whole life. His dad and his grandpa too. So am I going to believe his story of when he says that his grandpa, when he was in, in Vietnam, uh, he had to put out the fires of these crashed UFOs and he saw dead, burned bodies of extraterrestrials? Do I trust that or do I not trust that? But I would trust it if it were the popular consensus, right? I mean, if, if, if a lot of news outlets backed it up, they said this is true. And then maybe if, our, and then if Degrassi Tyson came out and said, yeah, this is true. Or uh, any of our favorite other scientists said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And then do we start believing it's true? It's like there's that breaking point. There's that thing. Yeah, it's like what is what is that thing that's going to unlock that key of disbelievability? It, what's going to be the thing that's going to make us put to rest a former belief system and click over into a, another one? Because you have to make a lot of amends in your brain. You can always blame it on Degrassi Tyson. You know, if someone goes, you're crazy, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. UFOs, Galactic Federation. Well, Degrassi Tyson said, oh, hey, look, dude, don't look at me. It's Degrassi Tyson. I mean, I believe him. I believe him, you know, because I believe, you know, I believe, I, you know, he's a scientist. I believe everything he says. Trust me. I, I love his lectures. I love his talk. He's a very witty guy. His guest appearances on, on sitcoms. He's great. I love him. I love him. I love him. Moves his hands like an like an orchestrator. God, just great, just great. His words are 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 an orchestra of scientific language. Oh, just perfect. No, I love you know, yeah. So yeah, Galactic Federation. He says we've been talking with him, and you know he he feels sorry. He's been lying to us this whole time, but yeah, no, he he's um he's you know he he's taking orders. You know he's taking orders. He's doing his job. You know I, you know I can understand a blue collar worker. He he's doing his orders. You know doing his job, taking his orders. Uh, so he apologizes now. He says that uh, the Galactic Federation is real and um, uh, all of his decades worth of hyperbole uh, and nuances uh, stating that we 
are alone and there are no other extraterrestrials. All those years, he, he's, he's, he's wiping the slate clean, saying, forget those, forget those. And uh, so I think he's I think he's now at work sending season and desist letters, letters to all the um, YouTube channels that have um, posted any information contrary uh, to it. And uh, he'll be promptly, his dialogue will be promptly airbrushed uh, and overdubbed um, uh, in in TV shows and movies where he's saying any 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 of the contrary now, so um, it, we're going to fix it. We can we can do this. We've we've got the technology. So uh, so yeah, Galactic Federation, UFOs, yada yada yada. So I believe it. I trust it. I trust it. Oh yeah, another piece he said is uh, Area Fifty One. He's been down there. Oh my gosh. All right, all right. It's true. It's true. Okay, I believe him. I believe him. So what is that thing? What's the thing that clicks over? Clicks over. There's a good episode of Mandalorian where uh, Bill Burr, is that his name? He says, um, he's talking to Mandalorian about taking his helmet off. He's like, well, you don't ever take your helmet off. He goes, sometimes it gets to a point, you know, something happens where it gets, something happens so extreme that it, 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 it forces you to go against your, he didn't say he didn't say it this way he said it more eloquent but you know kind of forces you to go against your belief system it challenges it you know and then you got to go okay well either i'm going to challenge my belief system uh in this direction for the good of all of this for the good of the whole mission here or am i you know what is it and it's got to be an authentic thing not one of these like beacons of like look look at me giving money to the homeless guy it's got to just be okay i've got to do this thing that i you know it's been in my culture my tradition for millennia that we don't do this thing and now i'm confronted where i am the only person who can do this thing and i have to do that thing that's gone against tradition that all of my ancestors you know, are frowning upon me right now. Yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And, uh, that's, I think that's what's happening now with the release of the black fault, this, this, this declassified information that satiates the appetites for the people who like to see, you know, official evidence. Um, the idea that, uh, what was it? Was it a Harvard professor or something? Scientist guy. He said 2017 we were visited by uh, an alien. Uh, okay, okay, okay. He's from Harvard. Okay, okay. That had some credibility. Uh, is it the, um, why didn't people listen to Hellier? That guy Hellier years ago. When he came right out, he goes, yeah, this is what's going on. Or Charles Hall, who said he's had encounters with the tall whites out at Nellis Air Force Base with a with an extraterrestrial called Range 4 Harry. Range 4 Harry. Just that name sounds so mysterious. Like Range 4 Harry. A tall white extraterrestrial. Just the sound of that name is like, whew, there's a weird vibe about it. I might want to make a movie about that, actually. About the life of Charles Hall when he was living out there. Huh. Wow. So do you trust him? You know? He was in the Air Force. He saw Range 4 Harry. He saw all these other tall white extraterrestrials. 
Is that evidence? Is it not evidence? What do you do? What's the verdict? Who do you trust? Is it the Air Force colonel who's lying on his deathbed and he tells the story? Is it the footage seen from NASA cameras? What is it? What is it? What is the evidence? Any good CGI person can tell you, you know, they can fake anything. Are they really floating in that space station? Is that woman's hair actually floating or is that hairspray? Hmm. Closer examination reveals doorways of perception. Doorways to new discoveries, new explorations. Ooh, challenging, challenging, challenging. Pieces of materials of information. Yikesters. Whew. Anyway, thanks for listening to Inspirato Projecto. I'm not sure what's coming up next. <laughs> I can guarantee it's going to be good. If you want to send any audio, send it to inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. You can also call the hotline, 561-203-9179, or call the hotline. Leave a message. I will put you into the podcast. I will. Thank you. This is sensitive Nick Nolte. Listen, Inspirato Projecto audience. I've I've had an epiphany. If you're a flower, you need to blossom. If you're a bird, you need to fly. Sometimes our shoes get in the way of our steps. I don't know about you, but I'm simply fueled by the sound of children's laughter. I don't care what anyone says. Give me a DVD of The Notebook, a quart of Halo Red Velvet ice cream, and a comfy couch in a house with the mortgage paid off, and the sound of rain, and I'm good. You know, this is Nick Nolte. Say what you will, but I'll take the Carol King version of You've Got a Friend any day of the week over that punk, James Taylor, or anyone else. Listen, if you're going to tattoo any part of the body, let it be the soul. Kill beats cookies any day of the week. Oprah fucking Winfrey in 2020, am I right? Ah. Ah, my fucking chakras are just killing me. This has been Nick Nolte. That's been some of my epiphanies. You've been listening to Inspirato. Wow, Nick Nolte, thank you so much for calling in. Um, you've called in a few times to Inspirato Projecto, and it, it always excites me. To, it, it's always great to have a cavalcade of stars on this show. And uh, for, for any of you listening, um, 
So we're hearing messages here from Man Behind the Machine, who is a fellow Anchor podcaster. So if you have the Anchor free free app, Anchor app, you can actually go to the Inspirato Projecto uh, page on here and leave a message right there in the voicemail, and I can upload it right here to the to the uh, to the show. And plus, uh, what you just heard there, uh, Nick Nolte, you can call in to the voicemail. 561-203-9179 you can call into the voicemail and you too can be featured and um gosh yeah someone needs Nick Nolte someone needs to get you uh in, into the director's chair I can only imagine the kind of mayhem the, the, the astounding marvelous mayhem that, that you would create Regarding deep fakes in Hollywood, just a few weeks before Gemini Man's premiere, another far cheaper digital clone of Will Smith appeared in the reboot of 1999's hit science fiction movie The Matrix. In a two-minute YouTube video, Mr. Smith took the place of Keanu Reeves to play Neo, taking the red pill and pausing bullets in midair. The slip was made without Gemini Man's 138 million budget. Instead, its creator, YouTube, known as Sham00K, employed free software called Deepface Lab to Deepface Lab to superimpose Mr. Smith's face on Mr. Reeves within the Matrix footage. Gosh, that's extraordinary, man! Behind the machine, it's 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 interesting um, how these these apps and these filters and these things are are making it possible for just everyday humans. Um, people with computers and and the the imagination and know-how to put this stuff together, whereas uh, these huge Hollywood budget movies are, you know, paying how many CGI artists to do certain things that can be done with one setting on, let's say, TikTok or something. And uh, so it's it's really interesting. I think... I think something like TikTok is going to really catch um, a lot of notice from Hollywood folks. We're already starting to see a lot of this. We're starting to see um, there's a Ratatouille uh, musical that happened live on TikTok. So there's trying to dip into this because they're seeing all the all the um, the ways in which people are getting millions of, of viewers and followers. I mean, there's some people here who have three million, six million followers. Um, just from making their TikTok videos, just from having a blast, just from being interactive with with the audience, and um, it's it's really quite it's it's really quite intriguing. Um, there, there's a lot of great talent out there in TikTok, and people are are being very entertaining with very little. And um, I, I love hearing stories like that. I love hearing stories like that. If let's say when I when I have budget for a movie, the first places I'd be going is on TikTok, because there are people who are just already making amazing. There's this amazing animation artist on here who does sort of like this weird rotoscope, but it's like it's like Mobius. You know that artist Mobius? It's like Mobius, animated Mobius. It's like whoa, man! It's it's so good. So I'd be tapping into the talents of some of these folks. There's another guy who makes people just float and disappear into this like. Like a like a, tr- a trash bag up into the sky. Sometimes you're just like, what the heck? Or like a big furry dancing creature, and you're going, that's 
there's something like kind of disturbing about this big fluffy dancing creature. <laughs> it's, it's very, very, very crazy. But, you know, I'd be going straight to these places to hire these folks. Same thing on YouTube. People who are just automatically doing it, you know, because they love it. It's like, that's the key. That's the key right there. Gosh. Yeah, man. I'm happy. Thank you for sharing that with me, man. It just blows my mind. This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto.